Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. Bedford's cost segregation specializes in generating significant tax savings via their engineering-based studies for commercial real estate clients nationwide. Founded in 2002, Bedford is one of the largest independently owned cost segregation providers in the country with over 14,000 studies completed to date in multiple offices throughout. The most important decision ownership can make when incorporating cost segregation within their real estate portfolio is selecting the right provider. With only 43 certified cost segregation professionals nationwide, Bedford is proud to employ eight of them and takes the quality of their people as seriously as their studies. Every certified cost segregation professional has passed a rigorous test combining knowledge of technical engineering issues, legal tax issues, ethics standards, and requires a strict level of prior work experience to be eligible. Bottom line, not all cost segregation providers are created equal. So be sure to take the decision seriously from the beginning to protect yourself for years to come. Please contact Bedford's Business Development Director, Frank Judici, to learn more. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Aparva Shah. Thanks for being on the show, Aparva. Thank you so much, Whitney, for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Real estate has always been a passion for Aparva and, and has become a way of life in the last 10 years. Today, at Jay's Properties LLC, his focus is on residential and commercial real estate investments, including renovation, rehab, office, multifamily, and mobile home parks. He works very closely with other investors to also teach them how to run their business. Aparva has completed over $40 million in real estate transactions and manages an eight-figure portfolio with Jay's Properties LLC, with a back-end focus on operations, negotiating deals for value-add properties, and managing the current and future portfolio. Aparva, welcome to the show. I look forward to hearing more about your story. I know you've managed also to do all this while working full-time, and that is a just a common issue for most entrepreneurs, especially getting started on many that are listening, you know, are in those shoes. I was definitely in those shoes for a long time, you know, and it's difficult to say the least. I mean, it was a very trying time, you know, to keep everything going and juggling all those plates or spinning them all at the same time, right? Keeping them going. So, but welcome to the show. You know, I want to hear more, you know, a little bit about your background in real estate and then, you know, maybe what your focus is currently and then let's, you know, move into your specialty. Awesome. Whitney, yeah, definitely. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Real quick background, right? So I always grew around real estate. My family, they convert office buildings to luxury condos. You know, so growing up, I was always around that and, you know, trying to learn from my parents and see how how they were operating that business. And then, you know, transitioning when I went to college, you know, I had a deal that, you know, I worked on closely where, you know, it was in Syracuse, New York, and really got my feet wet on the operation side of it. So really fun. And, you know, as I got out of school, I wanted to kind of do my own thing and see, you know, how I can continue to grow and do real estate. So I started out, you know, in single family flips and wholesaling properties as, as many other real estate investors start off doing. And then, you know, over the last four years, we started Jay's Properties. I met Jackie N. He's, he's one of my partners. Great guy. He's also in W2 job and has that data analytics background. So for him, he does all of our research and analyzes the deals and helps part of that underwriting. 
But then for us, you know, we, we primarily focus in on now mobile home parks as well as multifamily and invest primarily in the, the Southeast market. Nice. Well, let's talk about your transition here or just where you're at now and working full-time and keeping a business like this going, even starting a business, say you know, 40 million, you know, in real estate transactions while working full-time is no small feat. So, you know, share a little bit with the listeners just about, you know, how do you manage that? And maybe give us a couple of tips on when you were first getting this started, but did, you know, how that's progressed to where it is now. Yeah. So like many folks in real estate, right? I started the business with almost no money. We were struggling to, you know, purchase our first, you know, single family flip. So with us, what we really wanted to do was, you know, we took every dollar, you know, scraped together every, every penny that we had and said, okay, hey, let's do this flip. You know, it was in pretty close to downtown Raleigh where I'm based out of. And then, you know, while working full time, I'm a product manager for a large uh, manufacturing firm down in the Southeast. And for us, you know, trying to manage both the day and working at night on real estate was definitely trying. So putting together those processes early on was exactly what we needed to do. So some of those processes included, you know, hiring the right contractors that, you know, for the first flip, I mean, we did a lot of it ourselves. So we'd be working at nine to five. And then after five o'clock, you know, we'd be at the house, you know, tearing down walls and, you know, changing toilets and, and changing cabinets and stuff like that. So it was definitely an interesting progression because, you know, as we continued down flipping houses and wholesaling, it started building up that capital stack, right? And that, that's the probably the one aspect and really important piece of trying to build the business. And once we got to a spot where we we're like, okay, well, you know, we have, we have, we're doing well, you know, we're, this is a great business for flipping houses and wholesaling, but you know, you're, you're having to put in a lot of time and a lot of effort in finding these deals. And we want to create more of a passive income approach. Of course, you know, mobile home parks and multifamily, it's not passive, if, especially if you're operating, if you're, you know, hands-on and if, if you're doing the day-to-day. But for us, you know, the big thing was creating those processes around, you know, the property management and especially in the multifamily side and the mobile home park side, as well as, you know, having the skill set and, you know, building that up with negotiating and learning every, you know, every aspect of the underwriting process. So one of the big things for us, and I tell our, you know, my W2 job income leadership this uh, quite often, the skills are transferable. Things that you learn in your W-2 role, you know, they apply to real estate. And then things that I'm learning in real estate, I'm actually reapplying those back into my W-2 job. So, you know, one of the big things I'm learning in real estate was, you know, how to negotiate, you know, how to build processes around making things to, you know, scale the business, right? So you're taking all that and you're actually converting that back into your W-2. You're scaling that that company, you're managing product line, right? So you know, scaling that part and also being able to negotiate with our clients and saving the company, you know, thousands of dollars. So that's been a big help on the transition. You know, you were talking about, I mean, just putting together the processes early on, I could not agree more. It's something we help some clients with as well, because if I had known early on what I know now, and just some of the systems, I mean, it makes such a big difference, right? It's such a, a stress reliever. I mean, it could have been anyway, you know, just not thinking that I had to do everything manually, personally, you know, and that there were some easier way, any easier ways to make things happen. I know at that point you were flipping homes and, and rehabbing and, and different things. Now you're focusing on, you know, a multifamily and bubble home parks. Could you tell us a few of the processes now that are just crucial or that save you time, you know, now that you're you know moving on to larger type properties versus, you know, when you first started? 
Sure. So one of the unique things where, I mean, when you're first starting out, I feel like spreadsheets and Excel spreadsheets are your best friend. So for us, you know, especially when you acquire, right, when you're executing a multifamily property, you're trying to collect the rent, who's behind, what's going on. And instead of utilizing that spreadsheet, we use Podio, right? So Podio is a great tool that, you know, we tell our property managers, hey, look, this is the tool you're going to be using. You're going to input everything. And then for us on the back end, when we're, when we're sitting at home looking at, you know, how is this asset doing? We're able to pull reports being able to, okay, so these people are not paying or these people are paying. This is your monthly revenue. And not having to do that manual process of, okay, hey, here's this person. They're not, they paid this much, this, and, and you know, constantly keep track of it. I think that's probably been one of the biggest time savers. But at the same time, when you're looking for these deals, right? I mean, a lot of this is phone calls and networking with brokers and things like that. One of my partner, Jack, he actually, you know, we've got a deal machine. It's a great way to kind of bird dog these opportunities and see where, you know, what are the hot areas and kind of pull together that research, you know, there's city data, there's all these different things. So pulling data together is probably the core and that of our business. And that also translates to how we're approaching and finding these deals, right? I know a number of investors, right, where they're just throwing out thousands of offers, you know, yearly, and, you know, maybe they get five or something like that, which, which is one way to go about this. But for us, we've been concentrating on location and continuously pulling that data where it's a lot easier than trying to fly out and travel to all these places and using that kind of process in line with utilizing Deal Machine to to kind of put it all together. Yeah, tell me, speak a little bit to just the integration of family and day job and, you know, not so much process now, but like actually making things happen throughout the day, right? I mean, like you mentioned earlier, like, you know, early on you get off your, you know, W-2 and then it's like, man, you're, you're right to that flip or whatever it is and you're in there tearing down a wall. But, but now that, you know, things have changed or you've grown quite a bit, what does that look like now? I mean, you know, working with your day job and now doing, you know, larger deals. Sure, sure. So basically routine has been important, right? So our early mornings, you know, prior prior to even jumping onto the day job, my partners and I, we have calls. We'll, we'll make sure we line up things correctly with our property managers, with the folks that, you know, the core tasks that need to be completed during nine to five, right? I mean, that is important. That is key window. And for us, you know, while we're working, things still need to be get, getting done. So early morning, we'll have conversations discussing what we're going to be doing throughout the day. And then we'll also, around five o'clock, we'll actually touch base again saying, okay, these are the things that did get done. These are the things that didn't get done. I, like many of us, are, I'm married. I don't have any kids yet, but you know, that also plays a role, right? You know, I can't be working 24-7 anymore. It better play a role. <laughs> yeah, 100%, right? So having that flexibility has been important as well because, you know, my wife understands, you know, there's going to be phone calls that are going to happen at 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. just because of the nature of that business. And, you know, I love my wife so much because we've been able to work through that. I've been trying to do better. You know, I'm trying to put my phone away and things, you know, especially when we're more of family time and things for us alone, so... Yeah. So what is your, you know, focus in your business right now? Where do you see, you know, just the next growth happening? You know, what's your next big thing? Yeah. So 
we're certainly continuing to scale the business by acquiring more properties. But while we're doing that, we also need more staff. So we're in the process of looking for, you know, another project, basically operations person. I'm only one person. I currently manage our property managers. And then we also have a property coordinator that works through and deals with the day-to-day on the operations side. But again, you know, a lot of that still comes back to me. So for us to continue to grow, we need to increase our staff. We need to increase, you know, trying to build the team around the properties that we currently have. And also, you know, we're in the process of trying to acquire another about 100 or so units. And with that, there's going to be someone else who's probably going to be coming in full time as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you're continuing to think through how you can streamline your processes, right? And you're thinking about who do we need to bring onto the team so we can be as, as efficient as possible and even do it better potentially because, you know, you're so you're not pulled in so many different directions. What about, I mean, is your plan to continue this schedule or to plan to, to leave your W 2 at some point? Yeah. So I get asked this quite a bit. When is that right time to transition into to doing your business full time? And to me, the answer, I, I guess, I don't have a clear cut answer for that. And the reason being is, you know, I love what I do on my W2. It's been a great, you know, great ride. But at the same time, you also have to look at the the balance of how much, you know, you're going to be working and how much, you know, effort it takes. So the goal is, you know, continue to scale that real estate business and then hopefully transition over the next, you know, few years and see what that looks like. You know, for us, we've had an organic growth. I've talked to, you know, folks that, buy a thousand units a year. And that's amazing, you know, starting out and good for them. For us, we, we've had a little bit of slower growth. You know, we bought 200 units last year. You know, we, we it's still significant for us, but we, we want to continue down that organic organic growth and, and scaling in that way. Tell me, you know, what's been the hardest part of this growth and this process in real estate for you to get to where you all are at now? I think the biggest aspect has been time, right? I mean, time is incredibly valuable for us. You know, being able to focus in on what truly matters has definitely been a core item that we're trying to work through. And even though we're putting together these processes and it's giving us time back, that's absolutely amazing. But also the team side of it, you know, you want to be around a team that's going to be, you know, self-sustaining. They're able to do it. You're not having to manage every aspect of it. And that's also been, you know, it's been a little bit of a concern, but we're actually getting through that. I think over the last month, we've actually done a lot better of basically putting together, hey, these are the core things that you guys need to be doing. Here are the processes. If like something happens, these are the people to contact. This is not something the partners need to be you know, a part of or having conversations around. So having those expectations around our team has also definitely been helping us to get to this next step. For sure. What would you, I mean, knowing what you know now, what would you have done differently, say, on your first few deals or, or maybe even just your mindset in general? Yeah, I think my mindset is certainly important. I wouldn't say I would do anything different because, you know, we've learned so much over the last year, a number of years on how to structure deals, how to flip deals, things like that. And with that being said, right, I think probably for the first couple of deals, you know, you know, we probably didn't need to do everything. You know, we didn't need to be the ones doing the construction and things like that. Understanding how much, you know, the construction costs, those are important because, you know, that's that's obviously you're going to be paying folks to, to do this. So I would say probably pulling back the reins a little bit and letting the contractors, letting the folks, you know, that, that are the experts on the that 
aspect of it, not the business side of it. And for us to focus in on the business, not, you know, we, we rather work on our business versus in it. What about when you all are looking at deals right now, especially what's ha- you know from what's happened over the last year, you know, how are you preparing for another downturn? That's definitely a great question. We get asked that quite a bit. The big thing is reserves, right? We want to keep at least six months to about a year worth of reserves. You know, and now is that possible for every single deal? Not all the time, because, you know, we're going to have CapEx. We're still trying to improve these properties. We're adding value. We're reinvesting back into the communities that we're purchasing. But what we're seeing is in mobile home park investing, these are probably the more recession resilient communities. So for our portfolio specifically, we're seeing 95% on-time payments for across the board for our mobile home parks. Now for our multifamily side of it, that's not necessarily the case. So for our multifamily side, we, we're consistently trying to make sure we have enough reserves in the event something does happen over the next few months. Or, you know, and we've started planning for that you know, since last March. Right? It's been a crazy year right, for many, many folks, for real estate investors, for the tenants. And you're, of course, going to have some bad apples in the pie as, as tenants. So making sure you're tailoring that, you know, for us, we, we're not trying to just kick out people. And, and that's, there's a human aspect of this as well. It's not just the business. So we're trying to work with folks instead of telling them, hey, look, you just got to pay. You, they lost their job and you have to pay all this at rent. Let's cut it back. Let's see if there's payment plans, you know, forget the late fees and try to waive it and, you know, support these people first, trying to get them kicking them out onto the street. I love the, you know, the, even the first thing you said was the reserves, right? Having, you know, six months, eight months, you know, whatever in reserves. I don't hear that very often. I just personally love to have, you know, six to nine months, if not more in reserves. And I just think it, nothing is like having that cash there if something happens, right? <laughs> it's just, there's a lot of comfort in that. And I think for our investors as well. Do you have any predictions for the next, or just in real estate over the next six to 12 months? Yeah. So, I mean, we're seeing compressed cap rates all across the board, right? I mean, in mobile home parks and in multifamily. And my expectation is that there's still going to be consistent, you know, especially in the major metro areas, we're going to keep seeing very, very competitive market, like, I guess, properties that, that are on the market. You know, off market, maybe mom and pop shops may have a little bit of a pullback, but those are for, you know, that's not often that we're going to see that. So my biggest thing is I think, you know, we're going to keep focusing in on how we're structuring our deals, making sure that we're able to continue to focus in on things that actually matter for our business versus, you know, the economical piece, which I'm sure, you know, it's people are going to say it's going to go up. People are going to say it's going to do, go down. We want to focus in on, okay, we have mobile home parks. Are people paying? Are people doing, you know, the right things? Are rules being followed? and then continue to reinvest back into those communities. Aparva, do you have any daily habits that you are disciplined about that have helped you achieve success? Yeah, I would say those morning calls with the partner is certainly the most important for us. That's probably for the business side. And for the personal side, I mean, I believe in working out. I think that's, it clears my head. It helps me focus in early morning to see what needs to happen throughout the day. I mean, that's usually my time to hone in on exactly what I need to focus in for the day. Is that an everyday, I mean, morning call with your business partner? So it is typically at least three days a week. For us, it's just because we're both working in that full-time job. You know, we, some days we know exactly what we need to be working on because we'll also have that call typically at five, just to make sure we're, we're all on the same page. And a lot of that carries through. We'll say, okay, well, we don't need to have this call. 
just because we know exactly the, the next steps. Yeah. Is there an agenda that you have? Like, do you try to keep it to 10 minutes? Do you try to keep it 30? Is it just as long as it needs to be? Is it like, okay, these are, I mean, are there, is there any kind of thought process to this is what we're discussing on this call? So for us, we have our typical task list. We also utilize Podio as, as you know, more of our, hey, like these are the core properties that we, we need to be working on and what needs to happen on those properties, whether it be underwriting or due diligence or, you know, whatever you have. So what we'll do is we'll go through those pretty quickly. It'll probably take about 30 minutes. We try not to keep calls for more than 30 minutes because after that, it's one, it starts cutting into the day job side of it. But also, you know, there's only so much brain capacity you're going to have to do this. My biggest recommendation is try to keep calls really short, keep it to the point, and, you know, we're really just wanting to make sure that these specific tasks are getting done. And if you don't know how to get it done, let's figure out a way to help each other on it. What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? Yeah, so great question. Not accepting no as an answer. And I'll touch a little bit more on that. So during our, you know, our initial deals when we were investing in mobile home parks, we get no from lenders, we get no from investors. They're like, oh, mobile home park, why would you want to do that, right? Especially when you, get, when you approach a lot of these bigger banks. And for me, I think the biggest thing was not just not accepting the no, but it was understanding the feedback behind the no. So was it the language that we were using? Was it something that we were doing personally that was causing that no? And iterating. I think my biggest takeaway from that was you know continuing to iterate on how you're presenting deals to, to lenders, to investors, and finally getting to that yes. I think that was probably the biggest, biggest key to our success, especially, you know, just being able to iterate, not just hitting our head against the wall and doing the same thing over and over again, but iterating and making it better. And how do you like to give back? Yeah, so for us, the biggest thing is focusing in our communities. You know, these are lower income housing right, for mobile home parks. And what we do is we bring in our team where, you know, myself, our basically core team actually goes in and sets up a time where we'll work with single moms, we'll work with folks that, you know, may, might be struggling. We don't know exactly what's happening on the day to day on these, these communities. So for us, we want to spend our time with them. We want to see how can we help you create budget models or figure out, you know, what are you missing in life? You know, is it something in the community that we can do or is it something personally that we can do? For us, you know, spending two hours or a couple of hours on something like this and helping those that need the help, we love that. I mean, we love seeing our tenants happy and it also helps the morale in that community where they're like, okay, well, these people are giving back. They're actually helping. And, you know, I want to continue to live here. Right, so our retention stays there as well. Parva, it's been a pleasure to meet you and hear about your story and just pushing, you know, I mean, to close on over $40 million in real estate while working full time. I know that firsthand is no small task. And I love just hearing about that process, how you were, you put processes in place early on and the importance of that, how you use Podio. And other people can find other CRMs, other things like that that work for them. I've heard Podio talked about a lot. But having those things in place, and so you're not having to think about them as much for one, you're more organized, you're more structured, you know, things can be just more routine. But then also, uh, you know, how you all have grown to now hiring an operations manager and other people on your team so you can be more efficient and, and be ready and prepared for more growth. And then even your morning calls with your business partner, I think that's, you know, three days a week. Sometimes that can be challenging to get all those in. But I agree, it can be so important just to ensure you're both 
you know, pushing towards the same goals. You can help each other. You're thinking different things so you can, you know, pull together on, on those thoughts and discover how to accomplish things faster. Right, so just appreciate you elaborating on all those things. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Yeah, no, definitely. So I'm on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on there. So feel free to connect with me on there. It is uh, Apurva Shaw, A-P-U-R-V-A and last name Shaw, S-H-A-H. Feel free to visit our website, connect with us, click the contact us on there. It is Jay's Investments, J-A-Y-S Investments.com. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.